Good morning. Good morning. It is the first Friday of the month, the month of October, and we are here today live at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio Station for the first Friday Sacred Heart Hour program. My name is Emily Chaminette. It's truly an honor and a privilege to be here with, along with Father Stosh Daly. It's a gift to prepare you all for what is coming, and that is today is the Feast of the Holy Rosary, along with our great lead-up lineup covering everything Sacred Heart Congress. So we have a lot in this hour that we are going to cover But mostly it's a reminder. It's the holy reset for our life to remember how much Jesus Christ loves us and he wants to set our hearts on fire. Good morning, Father Sash (laughs) Daly. Great intro. (laughs) As usual, there's a lot to say, not a lot of time to get it out. (laughs) Awesome. Will you please open us in prayer, Father? Absolutely. Thank you. So we'll begin with the morning offering prayer, as we always begin this show. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, it's really great. We just sent out a reminder to everyone on our uh, newsletter, and that prayer was included because it's so important to start our day in prayer. What a what a gift that is. Well, we have two guests, Father, in our first half an hour segment. So I'm very excited that we are going to, you know, have a little bit of time to interview and talk to our two presenters at the Sacred Heart Congress. The first um, presenter is uh, Father. It's kind of funny. Are you ready? Father <laughs> Thomas Daly. <laughs> and it's the same spelling, too. Isn't that amazing? Father Thomas Daly. And um, we are in live in studio with Father Stosh Daly. So <laughs> I am. we're going to have to get used to that. Uh, I, I did chuckle when he agreed to uh, be at the Congress because of the last names. But he wrote a beautiful book, and it just ties in so much of who we are here in Columbus, Ohio. It's called Behold This Heart. It um, He'll have his book at the Congress, but he also you can also get it at Sophia Press. It is his eighth publication, and um, he's really devoted his entire life to promoting the authentic teachings of the church, along with um, holding the chair of homiletics and social concerns at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary. So um, what I love about this book, Father, Behold His Heart, is that it connects the writings of St. Francis de Sales. Mm -hmm. So tell me, why is St. Francis de Sales important here in Columbus, Ohio? (laughs) Uh, A couple of reasons, uh, not the least of which is he's the patron saint of our diocese. Mm -hmm. He's also the patron saint of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and his influence in the life of the church is incredible, especially with regard to what we could call or summarize the theology of love originating from the heart of Jesus. So for those of us who are in the Diocese of Columbus, he's our patron saint. Um, That's why a lot of people wonder uh, he has a statue in the cathedral. A lot of people walk by and they're like, well, why is he there? <laughs> because he's the patron saint of the diocese. So, I mean, the spirituality, the theology, the insights, the fruitfulness of the prayers of St. Francis de Sales, really, they're they're incredibly um, apropos for us here in this diocese because he's our patron saint. Well, what a gift. Let's welcome Father Thomas Daly. Good morning, Father. Welcome to the Sacred Heart Hour radio program. Good morning, Emily and Father Stosh great to be with you. Oh, it's so great to be with you. It's hard to believe that November 5th is, uh, it's, it feels like life is going so fast, <laughs> Father. You're going to be here in just a blink of the eye amongst uh, many, many Catholics, both live in person. It, it's an in-person event, and then we also stream it. And that's something that's really important to us is that everyone can have access to amazing formation. It's a day, it's a Congress, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more um, about exactly why it's a Congress, but it's more than just a conference or a retreat. It's, it's an important day where we stand united with the heart of Christ and we, we're willing to go deeper. So Father, welcome this morning. You know, Tell us a little bit of maybe this book, Behold 
this heart, you know, this beautiful book that you wrote about the connection between St. Francis de Sales and maybe the inspiration for um, for what you have uh, put together here. Yes, it's a book that uh, resulted really from the 100th anniversary celebration of the canonization of St. Margaret Mary, the Apostle to the Sacred Heart. And I think most folks know about St. Margaret Mary, and certainly that the devotion, uh, at least in its contemporary form, kind of began with her. And what inspired me to write the book was I wasn't sure that folks made the connection between her and the even longer tradition of Salesian spirituality, that is, the spirituality of St. Francis de Sales. Um, And so the book provides some, what I call the backstory to St. Margaret Mary, and then also uh, it offers a, a series of nine meditations based on Salesian spirituality and connecting that to the heart of Jesus. So it's, it's a little bit of history, it's a lot of spirituality, and it's a little bit of devotion. That's wonderful. That really does help us and our listeners you know, understand that the Church is so rich, and that, you know, I think last year we were blessed to have um, a beautiful Dominican presenter, you know, talk about the devotion to the Sacred Heart, you know, from his spirituality, and to have the Salesian presence, and then even the Jesuit and the diocesan. I, I think it it sends a really strong message that we want to be united in the heart of Jesus. Um, maybe any words of, you know, your your thoughts coming here to the city, you know, um, you know, maybe some encouragement for people to sign up if they're on the fence or if they're feeling a little intimidated with, you know, embracing this devotion in their personal life. Well, sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to being there. I haven't been to Columbus in decades. Uh, my, my uncle used to live there, actually, um, and my cousins still do. But this Congress uh, is a unique opportunity to um, both understand more about the Sacred Heart devotion and also to kind of enter into it, to be part of it. I don't think it's something that uh, anyone should be should be hesitant to take part in. In fact, I, I think it's a great opportunity um, because the heart, I, I think one of the, the key features to the Sacred Heart devotion is that it's focused on the heart, which is something we all have, uh, something we all uh, value, and um, it, it goes to the very core of who we are as people. So that connection between our hearts and the heart of Jesus is very, very natural, uh, very, very human, uh, but also, of course, supernatural and divine. So I think in that connection of hearts is where we, where we can become the best of who we can be. That's truly beautiful. And, you know, for our listeners, if you do visit welcomehisheart.com, you can easily sign up. This event is so affordable. It's $15 a person. It's 25 for a couple or a family. And we even have scholarships if you message us. You know, we're happy to assist you in that registration process as well. But, you know, we want a we want a packed church. We want you to experience, uh, you know, Father Thomas Daly's uh, formation and his instruction and his witness in person. I think that's really a great way to receive those graces. And if not, definitely streaming live for free. Absolutely. I, uh, I'm look, as I say, I'm looking forward very much to interacting with all the folks who are there in person, um, where our, our hearts can get together in, in, in a physical sense. Uh, but also, if you can't be there in person, uh, online will certainly be beneficial, uh, hopefully, to your heads and your hearts. Um, maybe, Father, in just a few words, you know, how have you seen this uh, devotion, the fruits of this book, this this desire to promote um, the authentic love of Jesus Christ to others? You know, what are some of the fruits that you've seen in your ministry and in your work as a priest? Well, certainly the the desire to love and to be loved, that is the very stuff of the heart, is is a perennial concern and is a perennial desire for people. Um, and certainly in our world nowadays, uh, we, we need that more than ever. I think um, what, what I've seen, uh, both through, the, through um, talk and, and sales of the book and that sort of thing, is that it's, uh, it's a universal 
reality and a, and a universal um, desire and inclination we have. Francis de Sales said, you know, this this longing of, a, of of the heart is what is built into us by God. It's our natural inclination to be united in love. And so I think that's one of the reasons for the great popularity of the devotion, but it's also one of the great benefits of the devotion, um, that we learn, first and foremost, how much we are loved by Jesus, and therefore are able to love in turn. And I think the more we enter into that, the more we can bring love into this this violent and crazy world. Um, and we get connected not only with God, but with one another. That's beautiful. I really appreciate you spending some time with us this morning, you know, encouraging our listeners to sign up for this annual event, but it's very unique, right? Because this is all devoted to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So um, thank you, Father, so much. Any closing words or thoughts? How can our listeners, if they want to connect with you before the Congress or get your book, um, you know, where, where do you want to direct them? Well, um, first of all, thank you for having me. It was a, it's a joy to be uh, discussing this with you now and in November. Um, Folks can find me at the website for St. Charles Seminary in Philadelphia, which very simply is scs.edu. Uh, the book is available through Sophia Institute Press and most uh, booksellers and, and bookstores online. Wonderful. Well, we'll look forward to your presentation, your formation, and just being with you along with our bishop um, and Father Joe Laramie. And as we come together with each one of us, with our hearts, wanting to grow closer to Christ and, and share that love with others. So thank you so much, Father. You're welcome, Emily. I'll see you in November. See you. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was great, <laughs> Father, Father Daly, Father uh, Stosh You're stuck Daly. stuck with Father Daly's. <laughs> yeah, the two Daly's. Well, I'm, I'm, it reminds us of the importance of being rooted in the love of God, right? Like mm-hmm. when he said in our, our broken world, it's so true. There's so much brokenness. You know, money doesn't protect you from brokenness, Father. Wealth, possessions. I think money might actually break us. Yeah, I kind of think so. (laughs) So. (laughs) Enough to pay the bills, Lord, please. (laughs) Enough to pay the bills. But he definitely um, got me excited to want to go deeper into this understanding of who Mm. was St. Francis de Sales and why is this so important to us today? Yeah. And, I, you know, one of the things is... uh, there's always a temptation in our minds and in our hearts whenever there's an event that takes place annually because we tend to think that it's kind of run out of its steam, it's run its course, it's going to be just a repeat. But I think one of the things is when you look at the presenters, and it could even be the same presenter coming back a year or two or three in a row, but there's something different. There's a different angle, we might mm-hmm. say, that they're going to approach the devotion from. And with Father uh, Thomas Daly, you know, speaking about the Salesian spirituality, it helps us once again, we approach the heart of Jesus from a different angle. We're going to realize that this isn't a fad. It's not a trend. Um, it's not a TikTok innovation, you know? <laughs> I mean, this is something that gives us an opportunity to delve into the rootedness of the devotion of the Sacred Heart in a timeless way. And that that might not be appealing at first glance and in a culture and in an age where everything is so instantaneous and fast-moving. But at the same time, if we can realize there's a rootedness to the devotion of the Sacred Heart, that means it's going to withstand the storms of the different ages. It's going to withstand the storms of different trends and fads, even within the church, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, we use that word spirituality so flippantly at times, but if we approached that uh, understanding with a certain humility and docility, we realize, no, that means there's a rootedness there. And if it's authentic and real and of the Lord, we, if we hold on to that, then we too can survive the storms of life. And kind of entering into the spirituality of St. Francis de Sales, if we could appreciate, um, acknowledge, and then appreciate like the storms of the times of St. Francis de Sales, you know, the crumbling nature of the faith, uh, the incredible strife and sorrow, and yet St. Francis de Sales turned to the Sacred Heart of Jesus for that stability. And then entering into the Heart of Jesus, he then shares the fruit of that stability. And it just grows. And that kind of, as Father Thomas alluded to, that's kind of, it set the the stage for this remarkable saint to then stand and receive the apparition of the Sacred Heart of St. Margaret Mary. But that Salesian spirituality 
uh, to approach it from that perspective in this particular year, I think there's going to be a lot of um, insights that we're not, we haven't heard before. So it's something new, you know, and that's that in and of itself is a beautiful and powerful invitation to our listeners to consider coming. Well, I keep thinking, Father, like there's so much more to learn and how amazing that as Catholics, especially here in our diocese, we can come together and all strive mm-hmm. to live out the love of Jesus Christ, right. to understand it, to pass it on in our families, yeah. to seek renewal in our yeah. own personal life and even in our institutions, our areas of influence. So this day is more than just a conference, right? It's, it's a very significant gathering, I believe in the, in the life of the church. So if you have never attended and you're new or you're feeling a little intimidated by even, you know, who is Jesus, this is the day Mm -hmm. to come and to experience those graces. Now, um, Father, this is so fun because we have both speakers, Father Stosh Daly. This is fun because we've had two speakers and presenters um, on the line. So currently, you know, we are also going to be able to welcome Father Joseph Laramie. He is a Jesuit Catholic priest who was ordained in 2011. And he was here last year. He serves as our immediate spiritual director uh, for the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network. His first book was Abide in the Heart of Christ, this 10-day personal retreat with St. Ignatius Loyola. And um, this is based on the spiritual exercises, but his new book is Love Him Ever More. And we're looking at the book right now. I just got Father Stosh a copy of it so he can have his own personal copy before the Congress. And and um, the other role that Father Laramie serves, which is really special, is he's the director of the Apostleship of Prayer. So he is, his, his apostleship is, this apostleship manages the prayer intentions of the Holy Father. And so it's it's really a gift to have him present presenting and helping us um, steer our hearts closer to Jesus. So good morning, Father Joe. Good morning, Emily. What a gift. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. This is our our big kickoff launch. We're excited to get people to, you know, receive that invitation to come to the Sacred Heart Congress and um, to sign up. So you can sign up at welcomeisheart.com. And, you know, Father, you know, share with us a little bit about you know, your love and devotion to the heart of Jesus. And maybe if somebody's right there on the line, a little bit curious about if they should come or not, you know, some words to, to get them to hit the button. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, really excited. My gosh, I had a blast in Columbus uh, last year at this event. Um, you know, it's, it's short and sweet, right? It's a morning of prayer, reflecting on the heart of Jesus, um, you know, a great way even to kind of move into Advent, which is just a couple weeks later. Um, yeah, the Sacred Heart devotion has just been with me for a long time. Um, I am from the Sacred Heart Parish outside St. Louis, Missouri. You know, just seeing this beautiful image of his heart uh, above our main altar, I think is, you know, just something I reflected on even as a kid. Uh, then as a, a Jesuit, really learning our own close connection with this devotion through the centuries, uh, St. Claude Colombier, a Jesuit priest. He was the spiritual director of St. Margaret Mary Alcoke. And me praying now and preaching as a priest, I think, you know, this heart is just endlessly fascinating, right? Um, Our own hearts, which are made by God, also, yes, wounded um, by our own sins, even by, you know, the broken world around us. This heart of Jesus filled with love for us, his heart also wounded, uh, as the soldier's lance pierces him upon the cross. You know, I think what I return to in prayer is sometimes, what, in a sense, Christ sort of laying a hand on my heart, asking him for peace, uh, asking him for healing and strength, uh, asking him for words before I, you know, preach in a Mass or lead a retreat. So, you know, whether you're new to this devotion or you've been praying with it for a long time, I think uh, this conference is a great way to, to deepen your love for the Lord. That's really a great um, a great way to describe it. And I like that you said, you know, it is short and sweet because, you know, one of the things we recognize is that um, there's a lot of fruits that can happen in a half-day rich gathering such as this Congress. Um, our format is we're actually including the Rosary Live at 8 a.m., led by Religious Sisters. Mass will begin at 8.30 with Bishop um, Earl Fernandez here, our new bishop so of the Columbus Diocese. 
followed by our presenters, and then a short, uh, let's see, a condensed um, benediction and adoration session along with the Litany of the Sacred Heart. So we're not going to pull any fast ones on you. We, we we lay out, you know, our structure. We let you know what's coming. But I'm most certain anyone that has come in the past that they have said, this was a really great day. This day renewed my love for Christ, you know, allowed me to um, just appreciate the gift of the heart of Jesus. And we will also be offering uh, confession in the church this year as well for for those um, who so need it. So, I mean, what else what else are we missing, Father? I feel like we got we got it all. <laughs> yeah, if you can be there in person, I mean, it it's super fun. You know, you get to meet all these faithful people. There's you know, kind of the friendly chit chat time between sessions is, I think, something we're all hungering for. On the flip side, okay, you live in I don't know Chicago or St. Louis or Florida. You're not able to come to Columbus, you know, join us for the online portion. Um, yes, you can drink coffee while praying on a Saturday morning, you know, in your own house. Uh, it's a great way to plug in whether you're in person or uh, virtual. I really like that. You know, I think that uh, if you might have a, a relative who is homebound right now or unable to do these kind of things, we want them to feel fully connected and it's free to stream. It's it's an opportunity. Maybe you even you know, forward it to your prayer group to, um, you know, let different people in your life know about this. So it's important that we share the message. Um, Father, maybe today it's, it's a great day. It's the Feast of the Holy Rosary. Our second session, we're going to be talking about that as well. You know, do you have any words or nuggets for those who are, you know, kind of new to these devotions, new to the faith, and, um, you know, maybe just just on that, you know, the edge, uh, but but know that they want the peace and joy of Christ. Again, this Sacred Heart image, I think, is just uh, endlessly attractive. Um, it becomes kind of a lens for reading Scripture. So different moments in the Gospels, just ask yourself, like, how is Jesus feeling right now? Uh, we see his words, his actions, but to draw deeper, um, to ask him in prayer, Lord, as you— uh, Heal this leper um, as you bless these little children. How are you feeling? Maybe sometimes it's obvious, uh, the joy of being with children, his compassion with the poor and the wounded. Um, you know, also to notice my own heart. How is my own heart moved? Similarly, yeah, we can do this with the rosary, right? So uh, Mother Mary, the angel's invitation to her at the Annunciation, will she be truly the mother of God? You know, again, we can we can imagine, right, uh, this young woman, her heart, we see hints in the Gospels, yes, some fears, some concerns, completely understandable, right? And yet also the depth of her love, her trust. So, you know, reflecting on our own hearts, the heart of Jesus, the heart of Mary, um, I think, uh, again, endlessly fascinating and draws us deeper into that relationship. Oh, that's really great. Thank you so much for reminding us, too, that— uh, to to look at the scripture, I, well, that's one thing that's really touched my heart is reading the scripture through the lens of this devotion um, has allowed me to to hear sometimes that love behind the message versus just reading the words of the gospel. So um, that that's really beautiful, uh, Father. In a few words, you know, tell us about your most recent book. I think it, it did it come out in the month of September. What was the release date for Love Him Evermore? That's right. Uh, it came out on Mary's birthday, so pretty great day. So uh, that is September 8th. Um, you know, I think a great connection with uh, enthronement of the Sacred Heart, um, which I know is something dear to your heart, uh, having an image of the Sacred Heart in your home. You know, my hope is my book can help you to kind of uh, deepen that connection with the Lord. Maybe you're renewing that consecration to Him um, or simply growing in your own faith. So I kind of walk you through a little nine-day retreat uh, with the heart of Jesus. So basically nine short chapters. You could do it nine days straight, um, or if you want to break it up, do it maybe nine Sundays in a row. I give you a little scripture passage, a little reflection, typically a little connection from my own life, um, my own devotion to the Lord, touch on St. Margaret Mary and her journey. You know, I think it's 
off to a good start. People seem to like it. Again, these kind of bite-sized pieces, um, I think that's what we need these days. I really appreciate that. That's a great connection to those who have enthroned. And that's our mission at welcomesheart.com. That's why, you know, this first Friday Sacred Heart Live radio program here on St. Gabriel is so important because Saint uh, Jesus asked St. Margaret Mary to have his image exposed and honored. And continuing that honoring is going to be the rest of our life. So it's so important that we not only place the images in our home, we build that covenant prayer, but we continue to to honor Jesus each and every day. So I, I think that that, ret- that book makes a lot of sense, and it's really a, a great one. I was happy and honored to be able to endorse it. So what a gift that, that you took the time to write this. So thank you. Yes, and we give you a pride of place, Emily. Yeah, on the front cover on the top, uh, you, you give your line. So I'm so grateful and uh, glad you had me on today. Well, thank you so much. I know you're out and about. You have a busy day ahead of you. Have a blessed um, feast of the Holy Rosary, a great first Friday, and we appreciate your prayers as we prepare for the 11th Annual Sacred Heart Congress. Hope to see you all there. Thanks. Thank you. Well, what a gift that was, Father Stosh, to have Father Joe join us, you know, to be able to, um, you know, hear from our two presenters uh, you, you'll be also on the lineup later in the day leading us in, in spiritual prayer. So having this day come together of renewal, of transformation, of recommitment to our devotion to the heart of Jesus, to living this devotion out in our personal life and extending the kingdom of God is really a great work of mercy in the times that we live in. It is. And, you know, we're bouncing from the East Coast to now the deep Midwest you know, with some of the different speakers we're having on this morning. But, you know, it, for those of us who are going about uh, our day right now, for those of us who are preparing to begin the day with uh, our duties and our um, errands and you know, the job we're heading to, perhaps uh, we're kind of grounding ourselves today in the first Friday of this month of October, uh, kind of preparing ourselves, planting the seeds, looking ahead to the Congress of the Sacred Heart next month, but we're also, you know, listening to uh, two of the different speakers for next month's Congress of the Sacred Heart, um, and both of them are offering us an invitation. Both of them are offering us something to consider, to just have like a, a lighthouse ahead. You know, it's like sometimes by now we're starting to get lost already in the monotony of life. You know, and there's a lot piling up, and yet the Lord's Sacred Heart uh, speaks to us, gives that. Uh, grace to us, communicates that patience and charity to us to just take the steps uh, day by day, week by week towards him with confidence and trust, and uh, to make sure that every first Friday we set that day aside as a day of prayer, um, a day of charity, a day of peace, but also let us uh, not forget a day of reparation. So we just kind of keep his heart there. And, but we've got these beautiful insights coming to us from Father Thomas Daly and uh, Father Joseph Laramie, you know, these insights about the Sacred Heart, kind of like a, a teaser, you know? <laughs> just throwing little teasers out to us today so that we can look ahead uh, and kind of use the Sacred Heart Congress as a, like an oasis off in the distance. You know, I'm aiming for that. I'm going to get there. Maybe if my schedule allows, I can read one of these books, you know, kind of prepare I think about how what these beautiful priests are going to share in person can build on the foundation that might be laid if we can spend time with uh, the insights they're offering us, the wisdom they're sharing with us from their books. And it just gives us that opportunity. But let us not forget the significance of like right now, today. Today's the, you know, the first Friday, the day of the Sacred Heart in this month. And um, there's just a lot to consider. And not the least of which is, you know, like Father Joseph said, the heart is before us in our home, perhaps in our parish church, in our religious family, the heart of Jesus is before us. And there's an intimate bond between our heart and his heart that is always available if we but reach for it, if we but allow it. You know? Father, I've been really thinking too, like imagine if every Catholic family in the diocese and beyond had an image of the sacred heart. Mm-hmm. How amazing would that be as a unified witness Right. That the kingdom of God is welcome here. Jesus is welcome here as king, savior, brother, and friend to our family. Right. You know, yeah. and I think that when you think of it like that, it's so encouraging right. to think that we have a loving God who wants to give us his love. He wants us to live in that love 
and share it with others, but you can't do it on your own. And that's why we want to be renewed. We want to be restored and understand that he might even build you up from the ground (laughs) from, you know, you might need a whole rebuild. You might rearrange those Lego blocks. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) And I think here's the thing, you know, um, it would be absolutely awesome if every Christian household had the image of the sacred heart. But understanding where the times are, understanding where the culture is at, understanding everything that we um, are invited by the Lord to overcome, gone are the days where someone just hangs the image of the sacred heart without that conviction. Mm -hmm. The only reason someone is going to hang an image of the sacred heart in their home or place an uh, image of the sacred heart in a place of honor, the only reason why someone's going to do that in today's world is because they know Jesus and they want the Lord Jesus because of his love. So, you know, we don't, it's interesting because given the uh, nature of our times, I, I don't really think there's a risk of superstition anymore. The only reason someone's going to bring an image of the sacred heart into their home is because they want all of who the Lord is and everything he's offering to them. So yeah, it would absolutely be powerful, incredible uh, for every Christian household to have an image of our Lord's sacred heart there. And that's kind of what we're doing now on the show. We're absolutely. begging, pleading, borrowing blackmailing maybe i don't know i'm not against that to get the sacred heart of jesus in every home i mean we want people to survive we want people to thrive we want people to live you know so it's just um this whole first segment's been filled with like little teasers if you will looking ahead you know if you're already in that desert of the spiritual life or maybe desert of your daily schedule well you have an oasis look ahead to the oasis you know the first friday of the month but also the Congress of the Sacred Heart, which is coming up. But, um, you know, as we bring to a close this first segment on this uh, Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to join us in um, the prayer that we so often use to the Sacred Heart. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessings in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. Amen. I had a moment of overwhelming peace the other day where I felt God's presence very powerfully. That's something called spiritual consolation. In those moments, God makes it easy for us to have the right perspective on life. The next day was rough. I was hit with some really hard news that turned me upside down. You know what I did? I remembered that moment of peace from the day before, and I chose to dwell in that peace. God doesn't just give us moments of spiritual consolation so we can remember them and long for them. He gives us those moments so we can recall them into the present. In a marriage, that time you fell in love, that's not something for the past. They're sweet memories that we recall throughout marriage that feed the whole marriage. So it is with God. In the hard times, recall the way He's shown you His love in the blessed times. Don't just go to your happy place, go to your God space, and you'll find the right perspective again. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. I went to church and just sat there and listened. I really didn't absorb anything. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control and church was actually a a burden to me. I had this sin that I carried in my heart for a long time. And I told myself for many, many years that the Lord wouldn't forgive me for this. When, When Father in the confessional says, your sins are forgiven, there truly is a, a feeling of, of weight lifted off. I don't care if it's two or three little sins that you're carrying, there's a feeling of I can breathe deeply again. I feel pure inside and I'm, and I'm ready to come to Mass. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home. If you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. When you come home to the, to the church, you're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. As we enter into the second segment of this hour, we invite you to join us in our daily covenant renewal prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. 
Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Holy Eucharist. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all of our families and help us to live that we might get to heaven. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Emily, we're off and running. <laughs> we are. <laughs> it, doesn't, it felt like a long break, but I don't think it was a really long break. <laughs> we're back. I mean, back to sprinting. <laughs> well, it was great to have those two presenters in that first half an hour to get us excited about the Congress. But the truth is the liturgical church goes on and the seasons and the feast days continue. And today is a really special day. Well, first, the month, right, Father, is totally dedicated yeah. to the Holy Rosary. Is that true? Absolutely. And it's one of those great gifts, you know, um, there's all, the beautiful thing about our uh, Holy Catholic faith is that there's depth, nothing superficial. You know, there might be like, you, like you're looking around, surveying the land, you might see like little signs, little invitations, like, oh, October's the month of the Rosary. Great. Whatever. <laughs> but if you go deep, the, the richness of the history, the richness of the devotion, the richness of the prayer, the richness of life, it sustains us. And I think that's, you know, that's an invitation given to us by the Lord through our holy faith. It's that there's a depth that allows us to live, whereas that superficial you know, reality that kind of permeates around us, that just kind of fosters existing. But when there's a depth, there's an invitation to live. And the month of the, um, month of the Holy Rosary, October, and let us all keep, also keep in mind that in our own time, it's also the month of respect life. Mm-hmm. And the two come to a beautiful you know, dovetail. And, uh, but the month of the Holy Rosary came about as a result of something that happened on this date, you know, when we remember it in the life of the church. And even there, there's a richness, there's a depth, you know, Our Lady of the Rosary. And for a long time, it had been the Feast of Our Lady of Victory. And of course, it was referred to as Our Lady of Victory because of the really let's just call it what it is a command from the pope at the time now saint pius v to have all of uh the disciples in the church pray the rosary for a victory at the battle of lepanto which by and large was a sea battle uh it was a battle at sea uh there was an invading army coming from you know the muslim east and there was a desire to uh subjugate to annihilate really uh, its opposing enemies, the Christian kingdoms of Europe. And the church was really divided at the time. I mean, you had the Protestant Reformation take place in the north. You had Catholic kings fighting each other. I mean, you ask yourself when you read the history, it's like, why can't we all just get along? <laughs> you know, there's just warfare, there's armed conflict. It's like, and then you put your book down, you look around today, and you're like, okay, so we're, yeah, I haven't learned anything. Yep. But there was something that brought about an incredible change, and it was the preservation of the gospel, and it was a manifestation of the glory of God, and that was everyone entering into the rosary at the request of the command of the Pope uh, for victory, because they understood what would happen um, if the battle was lost, and that was, you know, Christendom would fall, the Mass would no longer be offered, you know, the holy name of Jesus would no longer be spoken, um, and yet, it's almost as if, in all honesty, God had stacked the deck against the faithful because he wanted them to acknowledge that it was through the power of the Holy Rosary that the victory was had. And the Holy Father at the time, Pius V, now one of our beautiful and great saints, he had this vision that the battle had been won, even before he had heard official word. He had this vision that the battle had been won, and he gave credit where credit was due. He gave credit to Our Lady, everyone uniting their hands together with the Holy Virgin, the Mother of God, as she walked with them towards Jesus. And that's the rosary, right? We grasp the hand of Our Lady while praying the rosary as we're walking towards Jesus. And when we enter into the life of Jesus, the mysteries of the rosary, when we enter into the life of Jesus through the mysteries of the rosary, we're walking towards Jesus with our hand 
grasping the hand of Our Lady. It's that beautiful reference to you know, the words of now St. Teresa of Calcutta. She said, when you pray the rosary, you're holding the hand of Mary. And it is so true. But you have to admit, where are you going while you hold the hand of Mary? You're going to Jesus. You know, you're not walking around in circles. <laughs> you're going towards her son, Jesus. And that idea of the Feast of Our Lady of Victory, this is what happens when Christians unite in prayer. They become victorious over whatever battle may be confronting them. You know, you and I aren't fighting a battle in the Mediterranean Sea. You and I aren't fighting a battle in the Atlantic Ocean. You and I aren't fighting a battle, you know, on land, but you and I are fighting a battle in our hearts every day. You and I are fighting a battle in our homes. Mm -hmm. That's where the real battle is for you and I. And so if we just admit the power that comes from grasping the hand of Mary, acknowledging we've been invited to walk towards Jesus, the power that comes from praying the rosary, then victory is ours. And it takes effort, it takes time, it takes practice, it takes that key word, discipline. Like there's a lot of people are like, I don't have that, I'm turning off. You know, it's like, well, we gotta grow in that. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you think of the words of Saint Therese, whose feast day was at the beginning of the month, you know, when she wrote the uh, play about Saint Jean of Arc, um, she said, you know, in the play that she wrote about that great saint, uh, in order for you to have victory, you have to fight. It's ve- defeat's always easy to have. You just don't do anything. Yeah, then you got defeat. But if you want victory, you have to enter into the battle. If you want victory in your home, if you want victory for the sake of your marriage, if you want victory for the benefit of the salvation of the souls of your children, if you want victory for the reality of peace in your prayer life, you have to enter into the battle. But when you enter into the battle, what's your weapon? Mm-hmm. It's the rosary. You know, the rosary is your weapon. And, uh, you know, being up at the seminary now, working with the young men in formation, you know, I'm asking you, like, where does the rosary play? And it's like, I'm asking you as a director of human formation, not spiritual direction. Spiritual direction has its own insight into the rosary, and you need it. I'm asking for human formation because there's a bigger battle at play, you know, and are you grounded? Are you confident in the victory? See, a lot of us aren't confident that we're going to be victorious, A lot of us teeter-totter on the fence of life thinking, well, I mean, defeat might be mine. And what happens when I'm lost? It's like, okay, you got to just flush that down. You know, victory is yours if you're with the Lord. Victory is yours if you're aiming for the Lord. Victory is yours if you grasp the hand of Our Lady and admit, I'm moving towards your son. You know, Father, I've been thinking, you know, just as a mom, seven kids, 23 to six. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a lot going on in this culture and the attack um, on the family, on our youth, even um, on us as adults. But a lot of times, like you mentioned, it's easy to feel defeated. Yeah. Like I watched my social media, I looked at the news, I look, I'm looking at all the problems yep. of yep. the world. Yep. And instead of thanking God that we now see the evil, yeah. we, we literally can see the evil. Like right. th- the month of October is crazy yeah. land. I was saying last <laughs> night, like, Everyone like just puts goblins all over their front yard. Isn't that yeah? That's and so true. It's and yeah. they literally reveal yeah. the they're only telling one side of the story. Right. You know yeah. that there's a demonic out there, but the other side of the story is even more victorious. It's even more wonderful yeah. to think that we have our Savior Jesus Christ, yeah. who gives us His Mother, who loves us. Yeah. We're surrounded by angels and the saints. You know that's. You can get up and start your battle from Absolutely. that point. But if you yeah. think only, if you look only to the storms and yeah. to the the problems or of the death. world, the death, yeah. you know, there's no, there's no, you, you you're kind of sideswiped. You're, yeah. you pulled yourself off the battlefield. You yep. pulled yourself off the, uh, the playing field. So I really appreciate that insight because I think for a lot of us, we need that point of renewal. Yeah. You know, we need to say the Absolutely. rosary is our re, we need to recommit to saying the prayers and you know father a lot of times sadly people will say oh it's a boring prayer i don't you know i don't i I don't get anything out of it yeah but the the truth is you gotta kind of invest in and it's gonna be a boring prayer if you're a boring person (laughs) yeah so yeah let's just rip that band-aid off you know when someone's like oh it's a boring well you're boring so there it's perfect for you you know it's just like jesus made this custom tailored for you boring prayer boring person you know but it's like but i love what you said you know how many times have we heard someone say well i don't want to put the image of our lady in my front yard because i don't want to be front yard but i don't want to be a fanatic and it's like but in october you put a fake cemetery in your front yard Mm -hmm. 
I mean, that's kind of weird. Not that's just not a kind fake of. cemetery, but there's like, you know, like hands coming up <laughs> from the ground. <laughs> I know. It's, it's just like, okay, do I want the an image of the Holy Mother of God? Right. You know, in front of my home. Or do I want creepy body parts strewn all over the front yard in October? I mean, you just have to look at the insanity of it all. Mm-hmm. And when you look at people who are like, well, you know, I think it's ghoulish to go to a funeral. So I don't do that. I just want to celebrate someone's life. Or I'm not going to go to the cemetery and pray for the dead. And then, like you said, in October, they bring fake dead to their front yard. Mm-hmm. It's a, See, what happens is, like, look at the reverse priorities that have bubbled up in the culture. When we, when we, as a culture, renounce the light, then all we have to celebrate is what? The darkness. The darkness is not supposed to be celebrated. The light mm-hmm. is supposed to be lived in. And... You know, when we uh, think of the home life, when we think of what's going on in our hearts, when we think of, like, if you're a mom or a dad, the hearts of your children, I mean, look at all of the beauty that the Lord has placed right in front of you. And you, something you said earlier, you know, it really struck me because um, people are afraid of being defeated. Mm-hmm. And I think that's worse than those who already think they are defeated. Because think of the stress and the tension. Like, is today the day I'm going to lose? What happens if tomorrow's the day I'm going to lose? And it's like, you know, versus those who are like, everything's lost. And it's like, in some respects, I can work more with the person who thinks everything's lost versus the person who's living with that constant stress of thinking, like, this is the moment where everything's going to just totally fall apart. It's like, where's that confidence in the Lord? And I think that's what's powerful about the Sacred Heart devotion. And I think that's also why in the last 50 years, in the hearts and the minds of those who are really like the true missionaries of the Sacred Heart, you oftentimes that you oftentimes experience that they're also deeply embedded in the rosary. You know, it's like because they understand the heart of Jesus is my goal, but I need the hand of Mary to walk with me, to guide me, and sometimes even to pull me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we become like that figure that's being, you know, dragged, kicking and screaming by Our Lady to the Lord because we made that act of will. Lord, I want you. And admitting that, and I shared with one seminarian yesterday when we were on our formation walk and talk, I said, you know, it comes down to love. It, it really comes down to love. And if we make that act of the will to love Jesus with our all, then each of the mysteries of the rosary becomes an opportunity to not only love Jesus, but to live Jesus, to live that mystery, to live that chapter. Like Father Joe said um, earlier, to live scriptures. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you enter into the mystery of the rosary, all of a sudden you remember the words from the different passages in the Gospels that pertain to that mystery of the life of Jesus. And we can't all have the four Gospels memorized. We can't all have even one Gospel memorized. Some of us would probably like turn away awkwardly for like, can you memorize a chapter of the Gospel? But you know what? You can. You can through practice and through living the prayer. You can get the mysteries of the rosary memorized. You can, even if it's just one set of them. And then what happens? You've got the life of Jesus written in your heart. Always quick to fall back to that. And uh, that's the source of hope, is like the life of Jesus. And that's the source of confidence that victory is mine, the rosary. We have a historical event, sure, an actual you know, victory in battle, battle in the 1570s, absolutely. But we also then have the, the voice of the mother of God, Mary in Fatima, Portugal, October 13th, you know, through her apparitions to the three shepherd children. I mean, you, we got like these two incredible pillars mm-hmm. of reference. We have... a military battle, and then we have the apparition to three shepherd children. So some of us are going to be like really fascinated by the military battle, and others are like, but look at the shepherd children. <laughs> you know? Yes. You know, I mean, you're like, you're like, okay, Father, I'm not really a big war enthusiast. I'm not really big into military history. It's like, well, what about the shepherd children? Oh. We're going to be appealed by one or the other, you know? And it's so interesting that you bring this up because what a gift to pass on the authentic faith to yeah. others. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, we say, oh, that's boring, or I don't have time, or or my kids won't pray with me. You know, that isn't a spirit of negativity. It's true. That's the, uh, you know, it's yeah, like the it's defeatedness so yep. versus, you know what, we get to. Yeah. And a lot of times Absolutely. in our family, um, you know, that's something where I've had to shift my language. Yeah. We get to go to Mass. Yeah. It's true. We get to go to Mass. We live in America. We get to pray as a family. Right. You know, there won't be uh, a knock on the door because we gathered in prayer. And I think that that shifting in perspective and then looking back in our lineage and seeing those who have passed the faith on 
to us. Right. You know, and maybe it's direct family members. As it's you know, so my parents, you know, they're they're wonderful and they've done so much to build up the faith. But for others, it might be you might be so thankful for Saint Gabriel and the formation, yeah. some of the priests and religious that have passed the faith on to you. But somebody has witnessed to that. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, when yeah. people pray the rosary, like you can see a stability in yep. them Absolutely. that is different than the highs and lows yeah. of um goo and, and grossness <laughs> on front lawns to then Christmas trees and Santa. I, I, I mean, the shift The very is, next day. Now, what we talk about in our house is, we talk about like, where do you store that kind of stuff? You know, those are, that's that's our, our conversation, but I just- It takes a lot of space. Yeah, it takes a lot of space. <laughs> no. I'd, rather, I'd rather have Mary in the front lawn. Um, I have St. Francis in the front, Mary on the side. But but the truth is, these are important conversations. And they really sometimes, are, yeah. It always starts in fun father it yep. always starts in fun i just want to have fun in october yeah but there's underlining things in which it can get um it can go too far yeah and we got to pull back no it's so true <laughs> something you said it reminded me so when bishop brennan was here you know now he serves the lord in brooklyn but when he was here you know we would go on these drives for meetings outside the diocese and sometimes even in different states we had to leave really early like wicked early and i'd pick him up at the chancery at like 4 30 in the morning and it'd be a three-hour drive, five-hour drive. And we'd have to go to a different state. And Bishop Brennan, being a beautiful, faithful priest first, and then a faithful, beautiful bishop, there was one morning we were leaving. I mean, it was it was, like not even the sun was awake. <laughs> like when I was leaving the rector, I was like, Lord, you better be awake if I have to be awake. Right. You know? And I pick him up and I'm kind of like drowsy. And it's like, okay, I had to wake up. So I'm like pumping caffeine and everything else. And Bishop gets in the car and we start leaving downtown. And he said, okay, I know you're a man of prayer. And I know you're a man of the rosary, so you're not going to mind me asking. He goes, do you mind if I say the rosary? And we're driving. And I said, actually, Bishop, I, I really do mind it if you say the rosary. I was like, that could very well put me to sleep because I'm driving, you know? He was like, really? And I was like, yeah. Now, if you pray the rosary, that'll keep me awake. <laughs> you know? And he goes, are you seriously doing this to me right now? It's like five in the morning and you're criticizing me on saying the rosary versus praying the rosary. I was like, if you say it, I'm a total dozer. If you pray it, I'll get excited. You know, <laughs> he's just like, I cannot even believe you're saying this to your bishop. And I was like, I cannot believe my bishop is asking me if I want to say the rosary, not pray the rosary. But if we look at the difference there, if we look at the difference, you know, saying it versus praying it now, totally bishop was going to pray the rosary. I mean, that he's a right, beautiful right, priest. Right, right. But if we think of like even the terminology we used, now that little, you know, joke going back and forth kind of woke both of us up. <laughs> We were kind of like the sleeping prayer warriors at that moment. But if we just think about that, and that's a good like examine, like when I enter into my rosary, am I just saying it or am I praying it? Mm -hmm. For the person who thinks the rosary is boring, they're definitely only saying it. Mm -hmm. It's just like that empty rote memorization. And to be honest, that kind of rosary probably really annoys the Lord. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you pray the rosary and you live you could say, like, I'm going to live the rosary. I'm going to live the mysteries that I'm considering, that I'm meditating on. I, I'd, I'm sorry. I, I'd, I'd go to the death. I don't think you can be bored if you pray the rosary. And I, one thing I learned, Father, as a mom, is that there are different types of prayer. You know, Absolutely. my own prayer life yeah. begins before the kids wake up. Totally. Because that's me and Jesus. Like yeah. that is when I can have. That's like that me time. and the seminarians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got the seminarians. <laughs> I got the kids. And what I realized is, um, you know, that's quiet and that's reflective. When I pray with the children, yeah, that's the element of instruction that's, that's really true. important, and yeah. that I am role modeling. Yeah. Um, that even the disposition of prayer, smile on my yep. face, not being critical or angry just yeah. because, and and you know making sure the heart is in the right place yeah. in in that type of prayer. And, you know, Father, I was thinking, you know, one thing that we do do at uh, Welcome His Heart is we do a monthly rosary Zoom, mm, and one yeah. thing we have seen is so many people have joined us that don't have other people to pray with. Yeah. A lot of the elderly, yeah. you know, a lot of people are in their homes all day long. It's true. So you might be in a busy season. You got the seminarians, I got the yeah. kids and ministry, but we have to remember to include in our prayers and even offer to pray with others that maybe have, haven't received right. that invitation to pray. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so true. And you know, a lot of times people will say, well, I, how do I get started praying the rosary? And in the month of October, this is the perfect time to start. But have you noticed that sometimes it's challenging to do something just for yourself? But if you know you're doing it for someone else, it's easier. Works of charity for someone else are sometimes easier to get mm-hmm. done versus a work of duty or obligation for yourself. So use that. You know, Begin with a decade of the rosary. Begin with a chaplet of the rosary, like the five mysteries. But pray that for the benefit of someone else's health. Mm-hmm. Or pray that for the salvation of someone else's soul who is really struggling with mm-hmm. bad choices or good choices or just like no choices. You know, Make that, that rosary for the benefit of someone else. And if you realize what's at stake, if you realize there's a battle at hand, and the Lord is inviting me to head into that battle fully armed, ready to fight, and be victorious for the benefit of that person. Sometimes you're like, okay, bring it. You know, well, I'm Father, heading in. How often do we encounter that person who prays the rosary for mm-hmm. someone or does the prayers or does the novena? And then they're like gloomy and despairing still. And yeah. I usually say like, you're interpreting eternity through your own lens. Like you like, lay down in the battlefield and like, oh, I, know. I didn't win. Like we have no idea yeah. the glories of heaven that await yeah. us, what God has in store. And that's why this devotion to the heart of Jesus, we will have proper love for his mother, yeah. the right disposition in our own heart. It's yeah. weeding our hearts of those Absolutely. And then, you know, you don't just lay down and be like, all is lost. But see, that's the thing. Exactly. No, that's the thing. That's the difference between someone saying the rosary and Mm -hmm. praying the rosary. Mm -hmm. Someone who's praying the rosary, they meditate upon the mystery of the resurrection. They're like, victory is mine. Mm -hmm. It might not be a victory I experience today or tomorrow or even in this life, but victory is waiting for me in eternity. And there's that confidence. You're like, give it over to the Lord. You're like, it's his, you know? Whereas the people, you walk up and you're, like you said, the doom and gloom or the uh, or the sigh, and you're like, the resurrection isn't a rumor. So he comes back from the dead, you know. And the other thing is like, not every day is Good Friday, hun. So please, look, live, you know. But you're so right that disposition. But look at that. Look at just think of that that difference in saying versus praying. Mm-hmm. The person, the, the person who's praying the rosary, not just merely saying the rosary, they're able to say, victory is mine. Mm-hmm. And I might not see the the war be won because that's the Lord, but the little battle today very well might be the victory I get to witness. And even if it isn't, I've got that confidence. I've got that trust. I live his life. I live his love. I live Jesus. I pray the rosary. You know, I, I grasp the hand of Mary. And here's the thing. Catholics are really like major lamos. When they, they're like, well, I don't want to publicly offend anyone. Well, everyone in the public is offending you, so wake <laughs> up and get over it. What's wrong with praying the rosary when you're out walking? Right. What's wrong with having the image of our Lord or our Lady in your home? Mm-hmm. You know, Catholics are basically the last segment in the population who don't want to offend anyone. And so that's just, we're buying the lie of like keeping the faith shoved into a dark little closet in the bottom of our heart. And then we all get upset when we're like, well, I don't really get anything out of the faith. Well, it's because you buried it in the backyard of your soul. Live it. Love it. Live Jesus. And the rosary, This here's the thing. If you're trying to pray the rosary, Our Lady's not going to let you fall into that darkness. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's going to spank you. She's going to whip you. She's going to drag <laughs> you. She's going to love you. She's going to pick you up. And she's going to carry you. And all the meanwhile, you're whimpering and crying and complaining. And she's like, no, we're on a mission. We're going to Jesus. Well, and how often are you in that darkness and you have the peace of Christ. And Absolutely. that's something, the peace, the joy, and the love to <clears throat> so me, true. the Christian joy, yeah. is that you almost can endure that trial. Absolutely. And one thing I found, <clears throat> Father, is yeah. keeping a rosary under my pillow has really helped me when I'm in an anxious time. Mm-hmm. You know, especially as a mom, like I can just hold those beads at night and be like, okay, Lord. I put that trust in you. It's so true. I mean, think about this. We started with the Congress, Father. <laughs> we went through two speakers. We summarized every reason why people need to go to welcomeisheart.com and sign up for this it's event. True. We discussed yeah. the 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 modern um 
decorating of people's front yards <laughs> with cemeteries and very scary items. Wow. I think, like, let's just not scare the little kids of the world. That's kind of Or my... even the big kids of or the, the world. Kids. I'm a little scared. <laughs> I'm a priest and I get scared walking by those yards. And then well, train the rosary. We just sprinted through an hour, as is usual, on this first Friday here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. So we invite you to just, you know, unite your intentions to ours as we bring to a close this hour of the Sacred Heart. And we give ourselves our day and all of our loved ones to Jesus and his kingdom. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to thy divine heart. Be thou our king forever. In thee we have full and entire confidence. May thy Holy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless all our undertakings. Share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. Grant us to know thee better, to love thee more, and to serve thee without faltering. Amen. Amen.